0: Welcome back to The Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuys. Go to us on iTunes. Give us five stars. Please rate us. The ratings have been awesome. They've been five stars. We love them. We need them. Thank you so much. Brian, we're back.
1: Mike, we've got a new member of the Glue team. (laughs) Tell everybody. The tiniest glue man. This is why we've been gone for so long. Talk to them. Talk Um, to the people.
0: So, I'll go through the entire birth process. My wife... Has had a son. A, no, start at
1: the beginning. Start at the at the very beginning.
0: <laughs> it was September. <laughs> it was it was in, the weather was. I think it was seventy eight degrees outside. It was five thirty p.m. No, uh, uh, a Bra-
1: sparkling rosé. I know. I know how it starts. I did. She was
0: yeah. stone cold sober, but I was <laughs> drunk.
1: Um, Brian,
0: yeah, uh, my he wife had like a son. It. You did it. So that's boy. the boy. That's the thing I have to say. It's like if I say we had a son. I didn't do anything, Brian. I can't say we had a son. It's the wife had a son. Uh, it's pretty
1: glorious. I'm not going to lie. I saw you do. No, you did some stuff, man. I saw you did some nesting. You put together some some uh, cribs <laughs> and whatnot. I saw, I saw everything.
0: Yeah, I, I felt like such I put up like there's like a corner shelf that I put up and then I put. The baby monitor on that. And I
1: like walked around with my chest puffed out for weeks. Dude, leveling off a corner shelf is, is no small thing. That's a that's quite an achievement. Do you want to hear how, how bad this is? So it was
0: Father's Day. The first Father's Day that I had was, you know, what this past Sunday is when everyone else has Father's Day. I had it as well. And um, I spent an hour trying to fix a fuse in my car. Which, if you know anything about cars, all you have to do is have to replace it. But I didn't know that. I spent an hour of my father's day. Already, I've, I have this the father complex or the father gene that kicks in mm-hmm. and be like, I'm going to go work on my car on father's day.
1: Wow. Which, you're my, like, my version of that is the fuse. But Yeah. You're like, this is cutting into my shuffleboard time. I, I like to – what do you play? What do you play on father? You're getting old now. That's what I'm getting at. You're getting at. old. Golf? So I yeah. was talking to my mom about this because she was saying like two
0: good old men's sports are tennis and golf. Because yeah. obviously golf and tennis. Because if you have two old men playing tennis, you're pretty safe. Um, I don't have
1: that. I don't have. I, I can't. I really don't like. I, tennis seems pretty active. I feel like you could totally pull a hammy or or blow out a MCL playing playing tennis. Right. I was wondering if like is water polo like a new old man sport because.
0: Like water. Dude, no, you'll
1: drown so fast, what are you talking about?
0: <laughs> water gymnastics are like,
1: that's what old people play, so maybe we play like a light version of water polo in our 80s. I had to play water polo at summer camp once in a while, and it was torture, it was actual torture, like I, I felt like, my, the, the aversion to that sport that I had was like, I, I would, you know, I want to run. I think that's, I think they make you play, because I had to do that too at, at my Jew camp that I went to,
0: of course. So I, I went to a Jew camp, I was the one guy at the Jew camp. Didn't you go with... Am I allowed to reveal who you went with? A famous son? Are we allowed to say? Son? Uh, Steven,
1: who are you talking about? Steven oh.
0: Spielberg's son?
1: Yeah he, yeah. yeah, he was there for like one, like he was there for like a, a short period of time one year. He was oh. great. Oh, because yeah. the way
0: you built it in college, that was like you're best friends
1: with him. But that's. Um. Well, sure. I mean, I'm. St- yeah, I'm still best. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, but anyway, but like I think they make you play water polo at summer camp to justify having a pool beyond like doing laps. Because they, so this like, was in the lake. This is there's like a you know a twenty oh foot god. death
1: trap <laughs> below you. There's nothing. How
0: murky was that water?
1: Was it clear or was it like the very scary? Spiders in it too.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, it, was, it was.
1: It was no joke. I was super terrified
0: of. I'm still pretty much terrified of any water. I can't see like if
1: you can't see past you know like an inch. I'm pretty terrified of it. Okay. And it was, like, rocky, too. There was waves. So, like, you know, it's hard enough to tread water, and then you're just <laughs> getting play, blasted. It's but. some
0: Spartan crap that you were, you were <laughs> thrown into <laughs> yeah. a, a wavy lake to play
1: water polo, a sport that is already, like, ensures at least one death per round. But, hey, okay, I made it out. You know, only the strong survive, Mike. Let's talk some Mets to basketball. Ugh. There we go. Um, so we, it, it is the week of the draft. We are here. We are so excited. This draft is a,
0: a thrilling draft in my estimation, Brian. Um so there's like, I think generally, what well, ramp, ramp uh, speculation is rampant for mm. uh, what the Nets may be doing. I think we have mm. a sense that the Nets are going to try to trade up. They're going to try to get a pick earlier in the draft. Right now, they have the second to last pick in the first round. That is not exciting. The names we're seeing are like Shake Milton, D'Anthony Milton maybe also is his name. I don't even know. It's too hard to even tell. Uh, But there are so many intriguing trades out there. One just thrown on top of the pile is this Cavs idea.
1: Um, What's going through your head as you're seeing all this stuff? So I just want to do a a quick, you know, cursory just announcement. Uh, I don't watch college basketball. I don't like, you know, moreover, I don't like college basketball. Um, And so I have I'm like Charles Barkley. I have no respect for these people until they log four years minimum in the big leagues. Okay. So if you're looking for hot takes about, like, Robert Williams and Lonnie Walker, you're not going to find them here, all right? I don't pretend (laughs) to know anything about these people. The one thing that I do know, Kevin Knox all day, okay? Yeah, everyone loves Kevin Knox.
0: Yeah, (laughs) he's fantastic. And it's so funny. It's like if you track – you know, obviously, you could do this in any sport, but tracking NBA mock drafts, Kevin Knox at one point was, like, the 20th pick, and now he's the 7th pick. Michael Porter Jr. was the 15th pick. Now he's the 4th pick. It's like – And and in the NBA, we do something that almost doesn't exist anywhere else where... So, like, Jaron Jackson justifiably will be a top-five pick. Jaron Jackson played about 20 minutes a game at Michigan State. But yet, like, we're convinced that he is, you know, a top-five pick guaranteed and he will not fail as a player. We do that Mm -hmm. in the NBA. Like, when you... I don't know if... When you look up, like, mock drafts, right? The information that they choose to show you is not... (laughs) points per game they just show you the averages or per 40 minutes because they know that if they showed you jaron jackson scored nine points a game no one would want him he is Mm. not exciting he is exciting when you do per 40 minutes and he has five blocks a game and he's amazing and he's shooting 40 percent from three um but i'm I'm, like so like to have a strong opinion about any of these players i mean i've got a couple i'm not gonna lie kata bates diop is like my my holy grail at 29 if you were to <laughs> Wait, fall to them so
1: did you think that before the nets daily article or or the espn uh no, mock he, draft thing?
0: he was the guy like he was the guy i've been tracking all year and i just never thought the nets had a shot at him because like 29 is such is it's it is one of the worst
1: draft picks in the entire draft because it's right what can i just say quickly that like uh espn has really stepped up their ui ux game for this mock draft this year and i for one super appreciate it what's ui ux you know just like the user interface stuff oh oh, nice user experience user interface come on but
0: don't you feel like there's part of your part of your experience of the draft is like gone because the draft
1: express like dude totally
0: all that like i would check draft express probably
1: three times a day within the two weeks leading up to the draft who who's going to fill that void i mean has nobody stepped up to be the the next draft express i think we should start wingspan.com because that's all i really need oh my goodness that's a genius name
0: all i need to know is the wingspan of these guys and their height without shoes also we could do sub website height dot com because i i don't (laughs) what i also find is so funny is that you can tell when a an analyst is high on a player because they will lie about their height. When we know mm. their height, like uh, Zaire Smith, who's from Texas Tech, super athletic, you would love him, dunks the ball like crazy. He did like a 360 alley-oop dunk
1: in a game. Very exciting. My uh, my inside guy said, stay away from Zaire Smith, okay? Inside guy, Brian. I, I got an him. inside guy. Jared Jeffries? <laughs> yeah. Did I tell you that story? Yeah. Oh, God. Um I saw Jared Jeffries at his Nets game and we went to the bathroom together and I said, hey, Jared, what are you looking for a job? And he took a ton of offense to it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, We got to get Tiago Splitter on the pod. I think he can also help us. But like, (laughs) like it's I am missing Draft Express so much. I know that the guys are at ESPN. They're doing as like so they improve the draft experience at ESPN. That's exciting. But the The fact that I had all this free content that I could just l- look at the highlight videos constantly, like right there, I could look at interviews that they took when they were fifteen years old, and all I care about is their wingspan and height without shoes, and that's all I want. But I'm not getting that right now, um, right? So, what is interesting, Brian, about the Nets? The big story for the Nets is that uh, their name is linked to pretty much every trade discussion for every pick from Cavs eighth overall, Charlotte eleven, Bucks fourteen, Sixers mm. ten. Nuggets, uh, no Nuggets fourteen. Nuggets fourteen. Bucks seventeen. Uh, mm. Portland twenty four. The Wizards have now put their name in the hat, and uh, it's been reported that the Wizards are willing to tag if you take on Marcin Gortat's twelve million dollar year contract expiring <clears> deal, <throat> you may get the fifteenth
1: pick overall. Um, um, wait, can we just take a minute to blast this out? Uh, Mike Smeltz had called this Dwight Howard deal that everyone's been talking about. <laughs> He was so on the ground floor of that. It was, you know, you were laying the foundation of that rumor. I think that pretty much came from you. I, I got to I mean, is there is there another, you know, anyone else? Correct me if I'm wrong. I think Mike Smilts broke that story two months ago. Yeah, it's it's
0: Woj like how Woj broke the D'Angelo Russell trade by just discussing it on his pod. And then it happened a couple of days later. Um, so I kind of do. Do we want to do the Dwight
1: discussion right now before it happens? If it happens? Uh, It's both going to happen and we should talk about it. We don't have to prioritize it if you don't want to. We can go, you know, we can even, you know, structure it so that we go eight to, you know, in order, whatever you want to do. So let's talk, Dwight. What's your just okay? So, like, we don't really know what what it would be, but the rumors are out there.
0: They are, again, rampant on the Nets Daily comment threads that the the Nets and Hornets are talking maybe. The Hornets pick, 11th overall, plus Dwight Howard's expiring contract at $25 million for, like, Damari, another player who is not insignificant, and then the Nets, you know, 29th overall pick, which, which honestly I don't care about. I mean, I know he may, that guy may end up being Kuzma 2.0, but I care about it less this year than I care about it last year. Your thoughts on if the Nets assume Dwight Howard's contract,
1: that Dwight finally comes to Brooklyn after all these years? I mean, no matter what, every draft pick we trade away hits. That's a that's a fact. It's a fact <laughs> of the universe. <laughs> you know, um, whether it's Kuzma or um, what's-his-face-in-Portland. God, my brain. Oh, Damian Lillard. Yeah. Or Jalen uh, Brown
0: or Jason Tatum. Right. Or Golly. I think there's another pick in there, too, like beyond the Lillard one. I'll have to look back on that. That was like a mid-tier first-round pick that ended up also being a good – Draymond Green was also a Nets pick, right?
1: Draymond Green, I think, was technically. Yes. That a, was with the Troy Murphy trade, I think. <laughs> I think. You yeah. Know. yeah. Troy Murphy. Um, true boy. Um. So, <laughs> okay. So, what do you feel about White possibly being a net after all these years? Well, so for all the same reasons that, I mean, it's not. You know, people are very quick to react to this because, um, you know, symbolically, it's a it's a big inflammatory story. Um, you know, Dwight Howard is uh, not a culture guy, emphatically not a culture guy. And we're supposed to be the Kumbaya culture team of the future. Um, so, like, there's a whole lot of, you know, off court stuff to to um, to rectify with this particular deal. In terms of just numbers, I know everyone loves them some RSJ, and I'm right there with you. Um, but we need high ceilings. I mean, I know that, like, you know, Ronda Ellis Jefferson had a real um, bump up this year. But in terms of the the, the full-blown height of that ceiling, I I really don't know how much higher it is in its current valuation. Um, and we got to play the long game still. I know everyone's going to be like, yeah, we got to value continuity and stuff. And, like... That's all very true, but I think at that level, you're talking about, you know, gradations of five wins or something, or like, you know, eight wins is like going to, and, and, and there's a cap for that that's really just going to be about your talent level. Um, so this team is still really thirsty for talent. Um, and if, I don't know, I don't know how deep people are saying this draft is, it's really never that clear. Um, if, if the 11th pick, if you go for that, that's Kevin Knox, and you know that's the eighteen year old um you know what do they have what's the the line on his the ESPN comp for thing Kevin Knox of, yeah, a uh, uh, tantalizing talent blessed with impressive physical tools come on well the the best comps is if you do the ringers, they have like their
0: draft guide, and then like the I mean it's usually pretty high and low, but like the guys that they'll compare Kevin Knox to, I think is like a little shorter Kevin Durant basically uh. Which, which I guess he is. I mean, he's, he's 6'9", 6'10". He can shoot the ball. He can score. He, K- Kentucky is like the classic team where every player that goes to Kentucky is better once they leave Kentucky than when they were there. I mean, Devin yeah. Booker, Caller, Anthony Towns. I mean, the only person who's, who was better at <laughs> Kentucky was Michael Collie stein who now stinks. Here's the Kevin Knox comparisons. Shades up Tobias Harris, Al Harrington, and Jeff Green, which is actually not, not that sexy. Uh, I mean, I love mm. Tobias
1: Harris, but Al Harrington was like, okay, and Jeff Green is obviously um, dude. Al Harrington was was legit. Come he on. was pretty legit. Um, you know what I like is it was interesting when they do the physical comps. <clears throat> is uh, so they have Paul George and Aaron Gordon. Uh, they all you know have very similar, almost exact uh, for Paul George and Aaron Gordon. Um, You know, height and wingspan, which you would not think, you know, because they hold themselves very differently. You know, their posture is very different. Right. Right. That's what's so interesting is that when you actually look at like
0: Dwight Powell on the ESPN mock drafts, Dwight Powell is like the comparable for a lot of athletic, long armed big men. And no one thinks Mm -hmm. of Dwight Powell is like as a default player. Yeah. He's like the guy that they compare them to um and and then you then you're like these guys like Solomon Hill is the comparison for at least three big wings in the draft this year Solomon Hill is like fine right and if you're compared with Solomon Hill that's not an awesome comparison
1: by any sense Mm -hmm. um but anyways so there's a year left on the Dwight Howard deal um you know Charlotte's very motivated to do something they have a very sticky situation over there it's a sticky wicket um i don't know mike what is your feelings about it it doesn't seem it doesn't seem offensive to me either way so like i don't have a super super blazing hot take and i know that that's already offensive to people um but i know that you do mike so kick it over to you yeah so i'm i'd be pretty furious if they did this deal Um, really
0: yeah because okay one is that they would be giving up damari carroll who you know i believed the entire time that they would get value from like he is a guy who independent of of, you know, being included in a trade for, to take back a bad contract. He himself has value. He is an expiring contract. He was good last year, good veteran presence, plays a position that every team wants, which is that, like, six, seven wing who can also play the four at times, who can shoot threes, and, again, a good leader. So, like, what I hate is that, that, like, so when the Nets traded Brooke Lopez in the D'Angelo Russell trade, they had to do it because they needed, like, a salary thing to f- fix for the Mozgov coming back. But, like, Brooke Lopez had trade value. He was, at the time with the Nets, he was, like, one of the best offensive centers in the league until he went to L.A. when he sucked, all right? So the Nets would be giving up a valuable guy in Damari Carroll, a guy who could help them this year, be a leader, blah, 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 or who could be traded at the deadline for probably a first-round pick because most teams would want someone like Damari Carroll. So they'd be giving up a valuable guy like that. If it is Rondé Hollis Jefferson, you know, I don't, like, love him. I mean, I like him a lot, but I agree with you. The ceiling is like, let's say, the ceiling is like a really good sixth man scorer, or you know, the fifth best player on your team, right? I think that's Mm -hmm. if he shoots, if he somehow adds a three point shot, which is not inconceivable, but he has not shown any signs that he will add one. But if he did, that totally changed the argument about him. But right now, he seems like fifth best player on an okay team.
1: Um, Well, so here's my like bigger kind of more macro argument for this is, um, that, you know, with the, uh, you know, in, in the wake of the CBA 45% increase thing that like made everyone explode their budgets, um, non-player assets, values skyrocket in turn too. Right. So the value of draft picks is kind of going up. It's a bit of a seller's market. Um, Do you so like in my opinion, like I think like, you know, having like really cheap assets like that, you know, where you can get an infusion of talent is going to become slightly more valuable as time goes on. It's going to level out eventually, of course, as you know, people adapt. Uh, But right now, picks are kind of valued higher. Um, But what is interesting is that we as I
0: kind of like did my whole preamble (laughs) is that pretty much every team from eight to 17 is rumored to want to give up their pick. And then there's many, like the Lakers also at 25 probably want to give up their pick because that first round pick is money that they could be using to spend on a, on like a LeBron James, Paul George reunion, not reunion, Mm -hmm. but union. Um, The Portland Trailblazers just want to get rid of that first round pick because that is too much money for them to pay on top of their luxury tax. And they'd rather have two second round picks than that first round pick. So, like, I agree with you that the first round picks are Super duper valuable. the The contracts on them are great right now, but there's also just a ton of teams that want to get rid of their first round picks because they overpaid for talent in the budget busting. What what was Mm it, 2015 or whatever it was? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't. I just here's what's the, the indication of the Dwight Howard trade would essentially be that culture doesn't matter, Brian. Wah 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 hot take But like <laughs> I know that's like That's like the loudest Wah 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 hot take Horde you could possibly have But Sean Marks would be saying I'm going to trade away the, Like the veteran leader On this team A guy who Kenny Atkinson Has like Said repeatedly That he loves That that like Really made a difference For the team this year For One of the classic And I'm not going to use The term Locker room cancers Because That's a tough term But one of the classic annoying locker room bad vibes black hole type dudes in the NBA. Now he may Dwight Howard like what is so funny about him? He was on like the jump this past week, last week, and he told a very funny Stan Van Gundy story and he seems super charming and like like he always has been like a joker and like so if you see him in certain interviews you think oh he's not that bad. But if you just look at his history, every team that has gotten him besides the Magic has wanted to get rid of him pretty much immediately once they've gotten their hands on him there's a reason why not just his contract it's because the dude is like something happens with him in the core fabric of the team that when he is on that team that team realizes oh we cannot have him a part of our equation we can well, t- he cannot be an ingredient in the in the soup that we are making brian
1: two things two things first of all did you see shout out to your boy brian fonseca um, he had an article on Nets Daily wherein he, he uh, embedded this tw- uh, tweet thing where Dwight Howard is like working out, like dedicated to the hashtag Grind. Um, and then for whatever reason, the only clips that yes. are <laughs> yes. edited into it is his big game against the Nets. Um, yeah, so which, yeah,
0: that's amazing. Is that the, he he <laughs> is Dwight Howard himself is advertising his 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 accomplishments from last season, and it only included that Nets game. Which is a direct shot. If you if you're into the conspiracy theory, it's a direct shot that like, hey, I know I'm going to come to your team. Look how good I was against your team.
1: Right. And then second point is um, you're a PR guy, right? You know, you understand marketing, marketing, marketing. I'm, I'm all about it, man. I'm all about pushing out the content and making everyone happy and making everyone buy what I'm selling. You know that. So here's here's the scenario I'm pitching to you. Sean Marks is saying we're about culture, but meanwhile. He wants to lose some games next year because we've got our pick. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's a hot take for you. We actually might want to lose a few games next year because um, it'd be really good if we do, you know, uh, so, long term. So, OK,
0: but let's walk down that like track a little bit for a second here. If if they make this Dwight Howard trade, OK, they are removing um, one of their best scores in. Ronnie Hollis Jefferson as like much as that is unimpressive to the rest of the NBA, that does matter for the Nets. And they're removing their veteran leader dude. Okay. So then they're getting Dwight Howard, who was productive last year. I mean, obviously we saw that Nets game, but like he was like seventeen and eleven, like pretty good. The Nets would take that. Um but if you get you're not getting Dwight Howard to like win basketball games, so then like then I think the Nets would need to make a couple more trades to tank. Like, they would actually, if they're going to do this, if they're going to take a Dwight Howard contract because they're not going to use him for basketball purposes to get the 11th pick and the Nets are going to have their own pick next year, they should probably make a couple more moves to hopefully get worse because yeah. a Jeremy Lynn, Dwight Howard, D'Angelo Russell, Lavert, um, you know, Dinwiddie team is still, like, too good
1: to tank, too good to tank. I mean, here's the thing. You realize, so last year we were the crusty Rockets. Next year, if this happens, we'll be the crusty <laughs> 2009 Orlando Magic. And that'll be with like, Joe Harris's Hedo Turker glue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: okay. well, yeah. So that's uh, like, is Joe Harris come back? I don't know, man. It's just like, my whole thing is like, we've been told, and it's not all Marx's fault because we in the media, we the media pick up on a narrative and the fan base that like this team's going to be all about culture and building the team smartly. But. You cannot then espouse that line if you pick up a Dwight Howard and trade away two good culture guys. You can't, you can't talk about building this team smartly if you're going to make this trade. Because like, what also infuriates me is that, like, okay, so they're going to get the 11th pick over on the draft and then Dwight Howard, who again is a productive player. He's not Mozgov, which is... I'm sure you've been following the Mozgov developments where like mm. he's been talking S about Kenny Atkinson lately which is yeah. hilarious. Please keep doing yeah. it. Push your way out of here. I would love that. <laughs> I mean I love Mozgov. You know I'm a fan of his Instagram feed, but come mm-hmm. on man. I mean he's just trying to be honest. So like I'm not like ragging him completely, but like just have a
1: little perspective. He's just he's vying for a coaching position is what he's doing. He's like I'm going to be my next my next career move is going to be with a clipboard. <laughs> How infuriated Washington. would Patrick Ewing be if it like it took Patrick
0: Ewing 20 years to get a college coaching job, but Mozgov gets one, like, I know this isn't going to happen, but gets one, like, immediately for some team, like Toronto Raptors. But It'd be bad. It'd be bad. Um, if, you, if you put Dwight Howard on this team and you get rid of two culture guys, you're just saying that, like, this whole culture argument, this whole, like, smart growth, we're not the Sixers, we're the Nets, we're Spurs East, but we're going to build this, like, smartly, that is out the window. That doesn't exist anymore. All you are is another bottom-feeding team that is going to do everything it can, which is fine, but they're going to do everything they can to pick up young assets, and they're not going to care about the locker room. And also I think what to do and I don't really care I mean, because I like Kenny Atkinson, but like he's not um, Brad Stevens quite yet it's probably going to piss off Kenny Atkinson a great deal, because you're taking away two guys who are reliable members of your team. And then you're in, inserting another high-priced center when, the, when like the best prime young asset on your team beyond D'Angelo Russell is Jared Allen. So what you, So Mazgov's going to sit on the bench. Dwight Howard's going to have to get minutes. You're just like, you're going to have to give him minutes because it, there's just no other way you wouldn't... You wouldn't be able to lose that much production and not then try to tap into the Dwight Howard production train.
1: So then Jared Allen's going to get, what, 18 minutes a game next year? Dude, it's, Twin Towers. What are you talking about? Dwight Howard trained with Hakeem Olajuwon in like 2011.
0: God, so, if, if I so see Dwight good. Howard floating around the three-point line, I'm gonna lose my mind. I'm gonna lose it, Brian. <laughs> or if I see Jared Allen floating around the three-point line. Oh, by the way, NBA TV was showing the uh, 2017 NBA draft, and they like one of the parts in the later mm-hmm. of the first round that they like showed the most of because they edited it was the Jared Allen pick. It was like so lovely to see. Because remember at the time when that pick was made, neither of us knew anything about him. Basically,
1: we we just got ripped. I think, and just uh, um, I don't know. Yeah, we we didn't know what to say about Jared Allen.
0: Yeah, because like what we I don't even know what we were expecting. I don't even remember who like the other options were. Jared Allen wasn't it, but it was like so lovely to see. Oh yeah, I remember that Sean Marks can make like a really great first round pick. Hopefully that happens again. I don't know. I mean, this Dwight Howard trade. Would make, would change so much about what we're supposed to believe about the Nets, and it's also like what, again, what is infuriating is that there's like other options out there. There's, the, I don't know, like why is this Kenneth Freed Nuggets deal like not the number one most desired thing? The Nuggets pick is three picks later. Kenneth Freed, I'd rather have him on the team. He fills a need, and I think the Nets do not have to give up as much as they would with the Dwight Howard thing, like. I mean, I know three picks is a big difference, allegedly, in this draft, but I'd much rather have, you know, the Denver Nuggets pick and Kenneth Freed. That's what just makes mm. me—that that is what would make me mad, is that I think there are other options out there, and all Sean
1: Marks wants to do is just get the highest pick possible.
0: That's fine, but
1: that's not what Um I want. Hey, that leads me <clears throat> into our lone email that we have. We haven't blasted this out in a while. Haven't even checked in a while. Um, thanks for sticking with us, guys. You know, we're yes. going through a lot of life changes over here, as you can tell, um, because a little a little prince in the background is making his presence, <laughs> felt. Yeah, can you hear uh, that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyways, your boy, Sean Goodfriend, a good friend of the show. Um, hope Very you guys inspiring. had a great summer. was wondering when the next pot is going to be. That's um, right now. So there have been rumors that the Nugs would be willing to move the 14th pick uh, to get rid of Fareed's contract. His contract is not that bad and is in an, an expiring. It sounds like exactly the type of thing the Nets would do. Getting Fareed would mean not going after Gordon or Parker because of cap space this offseason. Um, however, it would also mean the highest draft pick of the Marks era. If given the option, do you think the Nets should do it? What would the trade package consist of? Do you think Dinwiddie plus some of our second rounders would do it? Uh, what about our first rounder instead of Dinwiddie thoughts?
0: Right. So, this is like what's interesting is that, like, Dinwiddie, I think everyone has now come to the realization that, like, Dinwiddie's pretty close to being gone on this team, that the Nets would happily throw him into a trade if they got a decent pick. I mean, you could actually, like, you can construct a trade where you take the Nuggets first round pick for Reed. And then you just give up, like Isaiah Whitehead and a couple of second round picks. If if the Nuggets are that desperate to get rid of him, I mean I think they yeah. are because they have to pay Jokic. And what could what I what I would do if I was Sean Marks is that I would put out I would talk to Brian Lewis at the Post and I would say right now that we're going to make a max offer run at Jokic, to that the Nets are rumored to make a max offer young run at Jokic, and then like, you know that gets out there. And then the Nuggets are like, oh, crap, we need to – people are going to do that. We need to get rid of salary. I mean, they know that, but um,
1: – uh, You're really thinking 3D chess here.
0: Dude, I, I'm, I'm also – you know, I've always been like a Fareed fan. He would he'd be pretty good on this team. I mean, I know he can't shoot threes, and he's like probably a lot less useful than I remember. But couldn't we use that, that energetic four, the Reggie Evans, but like better – I mean, I know you love <laughs> Reggie Evans. That's your favorite net of I mean, time. this sounds
1: terrible to me, but um, <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, does uh, – I don't know that he, like, him, the player – I mean, like, the deal makes sense for a lot of reasons other than just, like, Fareed, the player. Um, and I'm not sure that it makes a ton of sense basketball-wise, basketball geometry-wise. My my beautiful basketball brain is not exactly fitting him in on all the right spots, especially because you are not – you know, in this version of it, you're not trading ronde house Halls-Jefferson, who would be, you know, kind of – a roadblock for, for that for that dude, unless he wanted to do, I don't know. Anyways, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, first of all, where, where do you stand on Dinwiddie this summer? Are you excited to bring Dinwiddie back? I am. You know what? I'm actually excited for Jeremy Lin. Like, I'm excited to. Whoa! Get him. Whoa. <laughs> whoa! Whoa! There's a 180. He, kid, a guy had a kid, and now he likes Jeremy Lin. What's going on?
0: <laughs> I need to pay my bills, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, need, I don't want to get cool rid of this German, but, um, no, like I'm actually, am excited to see, uh, a, a Lynn Din or a Lynn D'Angelo Russell backcourt. Um, cause I, there, we had like a, a very little bit of that in preseason. And then obviously really none of it in the season. Um, I think he's going to be pretty darn good. And I, I kind of think a lot of people forget like how effective he can be when he's healthy. Uh, so, <laughs> I know this Whoa. is like completely D- shilling right now. Who's what <laughs>
1: happened here?
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. What do you feel about Dinwiddie? Like, so, like, if they traded, okay, if they traded Dinwiddie in like a nice trade offer, like if it got them within the top 14 picks, and they didn't have to give up much else, and it was like just Dinwiddie, their first round pick to get into the top 14. To me, that is justified because here's what's so coming. Sorry,
1: you're saying Dinwiddie in the 29th to get Faried in the 14th? Yeah,
0: something like that. Like Yeah, I mean, I do that.
1: Honestly, I do that.
0: Right. Because I like Dinwiddie a lot, but the Nets are actually, for a team as bad as they are, they are facing a couple of salary things. And that's why, like, why if Rondé isn't a deal, I'm not going to be heartbroken because mm-hmm. I don't know what I would pay Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Like, I have no sense of... Like, is he a $6 million-a-year player or is he, like, a $12 million-a-year player? Like, where where does he fit on that spectrum? How like. I can't imagine this team paying you know 10 million plus to Ronde a year. I don't know if that's yeah. how much he's worth but like why would you do that? So part of the reason to trade him is to get rid of that question, to get something for a guy who ultimately you probably don't want to pay that much money to. Um,
1: Next top down question though is like <clears throat> how how likely is it that we just stand pat, you know? In your oh, mind, what's 0%? The, yeah, I think I think got to make something happen.
0: you you, there's the nets have are too much of a power position right like they they're one of the few teams that have cap space don't by the way i know a lot of people have been doing uh like espn trade machine and i love espn trade machine espn trade machine still operating on last year's cap um and the nets will be able to to make moves significant moves uh going forward that's not don't not don't look at last year's cap and think that like this is what's going to happen I mean, I, yeah. So, what, what's the most likely scenario? The most likely scenario is like them just getting the Trailblazers or Lakers pick for two second rounders, because that's easy. Or, or mm. buying a second round pick. I mean, that yeah, that would be so unexciting. Um, I, I, I think there's a better chance that they like they do a Dwight Howard deal, a Kenneth Free deal, something that also like this this new Wizards possibility, which is Gortat and fifteen to to then flip and the Nets would give up like 29 and I don't know something else maybe like Ronde
1: or something that that seems like a very real possibility to me I mean so far I you know this is the first time um, I've ever had any faith at all in the Nets ability to get some value for a draft pick like Sean Marks has, you know mostly been pretty reliable at hitting Um, Levert Jared Allen you know, huge integral parts of our future at this point, um, at least like in in as far as their you know potential is concerned. Um, so like, it's an interesting position to be in as Nets podcasters because it used to be a uh, draft pick is worthless because it's a sunk cost <laughs> um, for the most part. So um, yeah. Anyways, and, um, and I'm in going this, into the, and I know you like you're not dig
0: you're not deep into the prospects of this draft, nor am I. But like, this is a very weird draft. It seems like there's like the top 10 are very interesting. And then after that, it's just a mix of like about eight players that are pretty good that you could see being really good, but you have no sense of it. And then after, then after those eight players, the 19 through 45 are all the same. They're all like the same dude. And the Nets being at 29, you could get, you could get the best guy of that third group. You just have no clue who that is really. And maybe, you know, maybe Sean Marks is the person um, to do that. I don't know, man. I, so going back to the Hornets trade for a second, the one intriguing possibility of getting the 11th pick is that if you look, look at mock drafts for a second, you, there's a pretty stable top 10. And, it, you, know, you know, you go through the top names of like Bagley, Ayton, Doncic. Porter Jr., Jackson Jr., Bamba, and then you get into this Wendell Carter Jr. All the juniors, they're all there, and then you get into this weird group of Kevin Knox, Trey Young, I think it's McHale Bridges or Michael Bridges. I always forget McCall, McCall Bridges, and then I think there's a line there. Okay, so that's (coughs) ten players, and then it goes from like Colin Sexton, Miles Bridges, Lonnie Walker, the fourth. Which Nets fans don't be sold by Lonnie Walker the fourth. I know a lot of people like him, but. I uh, dislike him. Oh, wow. If you're at 11, you are sitting there in a position where if someone <coughs> jumps up, some random team, let's say, I don't know, let's say the Knicks randomly decide that they really like, I don't know, Robert Williams or something. Sitting there at 11, you have a shot at getting, like, one of the guys that is consistently in the top 10, obviously, because you're at 11. That's the advantage is that you're you're waiting in that position, that one pick after the top group, to hopefully get someone in the top group. I just... I just can't accept that it's going to be Dwight Howard is the way they're doing it. I just, it. It would just make me so mad. I mean, that guy, man, man, if you made up a player to if you were a culture, culture, culture franchise, Brian, who is about the worst person to add to your roster? That would be the antithesis of a culture, culture, culture
1: player. I think it's Dwight um, Howard at this point basically. Well look, we're we're also about, you know, spinning the narrative, right? Reclaiming, you know, those those like the <laughs> Angel Russell is a perfect a perfect example of this. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to bring Dwight Howard on and be like he's a veteran leader now. Guys changed. Guy's uh, guys, very wise. He's been in the league a long time now, so he knows the thing. Had a bad back injury, that wisens you up. You know, you spent a couple of weeks on your back. You start to think <laughs> about your life a bit. I've been there. I know, I know what that's about. And you know that's what's going there's going to be at least three articles talking about how, like,
0: Dwight now finally in Brooklyn, the place he always wanted to be. He can teach all these lessons to Jared Allen. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't, I can't stand it. I can't stand it, Brian. <laughs> it would make me so mad. But, but, because it would already – part of the thing is it would almost already feel like a lost season because – He's
1: already addicted to the grind. Come on. He's, the, he's grinding the summer. What are you worried about? By it's the way, I'm sure you didn't
0: see this, but do you follow Victor Oladipo on Instagram? I'm sure you don't. No. Um, he, he put out a picture of before and after of Miles Turner. Miles Turner, after the season, he was all doughy and fat, and now he's mm-hmm. like, he's like uh, signs of a six-pack and he's looking skinny. It always surprises me like at all when any of these guys are doughy, right? Mm-hmm. Like they are yeah. professional athletes. And I know it's like, I guess, tough during the season to work out and play basketball. But basketball is working out. Um, mm-hmm. It's just always shocking to me that like they're not all like pretty good shape. He looked at he looked like me. And, I you know, I've, I'm I'm
1: up there right now.
0: You know, I'm like 50. I'm
1: <laughs> just at a kid.
0: Um, now, how much are you actually these days i don't know i mean like honestly having kid people bring over like desserts all these desserts and oh god i just end up like eating them all and yeah. it's tough it's a rough life i'm trying to get You're, out of it
1: are you are you over two?
0: Oh, uh no no
1: i don't think you so. wouldn't think of it to look at me but i'm like 195 dude how is that possible I know. It's, I think bones. I think I've never broken a bone in my life except for the time I got shot with a cannon in the pinky. <laughs> and that happened? was unavoidable. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The t-shirt yeah. cannon. Yeah, it was a cannon <laughs> um, that shot t-shirts. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just I don't know. It's weird. I've, I'm just I don't know. I can't explain it. But I'm uh, yeah, like 196 today. Weighed in, um, fighting weight.
0: Is there any other draft thoughts you want to dump out before you know we see the draft
1: Thursday night? Is there anything else in that head? I got nothing. I really got nothing. I'm just excited for a little motion in the ocean, you know. D'Angelo Russell trade happened uh, the, like one year ago today. Um, so Which, I just want to take a minute to thank thank you know the the basketball gods for making that happen and making Sean Marks pull the trigger on that because like it gave us a lot to talk about. Well, didn't we <laughs> like? I think we were like
0: recorded a pod. Didn't we record a pod that day? And then so. the trade happened, and then we had to, like... Oh, it, this is what's
1: going to happen. Oh, my Lord, this is exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> we better what release we this
0: doing? ASAP, so then the Dwight
1: Howard trade then happens
0: immediately. God, of
1: course we're doing it
0: again, Mike. How did we always do this? Oh, I do want to talk about two quick things. One is, like, the Kawhi Leonard to Brooklyn. Um, we just need to, like... It's already been put out there that, like, that's not happening, even though... Mm-hmm. The reason why those rumors are out there is that Kawhi's uncle and main advisor at this point is in the New York City area. Um, I think he's in New Jersey. And, the, you know, Sean Marks has a relationship with Kawhi Leonard. Uh, there's been all these reports that, like, the Nets are not in the running. There's not a single trade that really ever makes sense to get Kawhi Leonard. Like, mm-hmm. you just couldn't, you couldn't fabricate it. Um, unless if Joseph Tsai is more of, a, of like, a genius than I even think. And, like, he, he has a connection to LeBron James. <laughs> and he can, he can basically trade the entire Nets roster to the Spurs, and the Spurs give up Kawhi Leonard and then LeBron Sainz to Brooklyn. That's like the only thing in the world that makes any sense. But uh, that's not happening. And then we should talk about the Cavs thing real quick. There's, like, there's rumors out there that I think it's from Sam Amico. Or mm. Is that how you say his name? He's, he's like the, one of the main Cleveland Cavaliers reporters.
1: It's um, Amico? Amico. No, I'm just thinking. I don't know. Yeah,
0: I don't know. And he's reporting that the Cavs, a lot of teams are calling about the Cavs' eighth overall pick, which is, of course, the Nets pick, um, that the Nets are the most aggressive pursuers of that pick. I don't know what the Nets would be offering to the Cavs. The only thing that makes sense is salary cap relief. It would be something like uh, the Cavs would give up J.R. Smith, probably Tristan Thompson, or George Hill— or something like that. Like two of their three bad contracts to the to the Nets. The Nets would give up Dinwiddie, Damari Carroll, um, Rondae Hollis Jefferson. Like I'm making this up on the fly. Like I, I can't even make up a trade that like really makes all that much sense. It would just have to be Sean Marks basically saying like we'll take every bad contract you have to give us eighth overall. Um, is that something you'd want? Would you want a team filled with jr smith tristan thompson george hill and you give up the rest of your roster to get eight eight overall
1: you, you will not i know that you've you've really expertly like layered this so that we won't detect the jr smith fascination that you've had <laughs> over the years <laughs> which i know is actually the center point of this trade for you um, you know that no i, I don't <laughs> i can't believe in the same breath you would be like dwight howard is terrible for culture get me jr smith um jr is a champion OK, yeah. he makes big plays in big games. We've all seen it happen. Yeah, we haven't even talked about. Uh, did you watch any of those finals? You probably were like delivering a baby or something. So,
0: yeah, so I, so that, yeah, I watched like I, I, I think I, I, lo- I did the best possible viewing is that I saw the last like eight minutes of game one, the last eight minutes of game three and hadn't watched <laughs> just anything else of the
1: rest of the yeah. games. I did I did like all of game 1 and then the first 10 minutes of game 2 and I was like this is is, this it, is not going to this is not going to end well.
0: I mean, I will yeah. say that like people flipping out about the Warriors saying that the Warriors need to be broken up or like the NBA can't allow a team like the Warriors to be created. It's it's just that like the the, the East was weird this year and the Cavs are not good. This Cavs team is not good and they end up playing against a pretty good Warriors team. I also don't feel like the Warriors are, like, an all-time great team just yet because they're still, like, a little too lax for my taste, and they end up playing in the finals a Cavs team that is always, like, not 100% regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, and You know, like, next year, if they get to the finals and it's the Celtics, when the Celtics have all their horses, you know, that, that will be an amazing series, and I think people will watch that. I don't, people didn't care about this finals because it was, like, it was just, I mean George Hill's like being super relied on. Rodney Hood got dusted off and had to play in the finals. And Rodney Hood was like banished just a little while ago. And J.R. Smith makes one of the dumbest plays in NBA history and like still plays a bunch. Um
1: Yeah, man. Well what are you gonna do? You're gonna bench him for one play? i mean I mean That's how I would run my team. That's how I would <laughs> <Yeah>. do it. <laughs> you're I know you're a real drill sergeant. Teach him um, a lesson. Yeah. And that's why your kid's gonna be MJ someday.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, no. Yeah, so I just like going back to that Cavs possibility I don't think it's really a possibility Like it would. It, it, again, the only Conceivable way to do it is be like The Nets will take every bad contract that the Cavs have And if they did that, I'd be fully On board. If the Nets got 8 overall And just had to take a, back, a bunch of bad contracts Please Let me do that. I would, I would take that immediately I would take that over Dwight Howard I think there's a difference between 8 and 11 I don't think there's that big of a difference between 11 and 14 That's how I feel,
1: (laughs) based on a feeling. Um, All right, Mike, did we do it? I mean, we did it. We did it. Okay. Um, Tweet at us your ideas
0: for guys you like in the draft. We'll keep kind of like rolling out on Twitter like things that we like. You know, I've been tweeting out a bunch of stuff that I, the guys I really like in the draft. Um, Every opinion is valid. I love it all. I want to hear it all. Um, We'll try to get a pot up. You know, sometime around.
1: We'll probably get another one up this evening after an actual trade happens, which will definitely happen.
0: So monitor your your podcast feeds because there's going to be a (laughs) Nets trade uh, somehow, and it's going to impact the team. One of these players will be gone, likely from the team. Damari, Dinwiddie, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, Isaiah Whitehead. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So just keep an eye out on Nets Daily. Keep an eye out on your podcast feeds. Keep an eye out on at guys and um, we will keep you updated and give you the analysis you need as you're heading to the NBA draft. Brian. Mike.
1: Good night. Thanks for having me, Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Thanks for, you for being here, Brian. Nicely done. Take care, everybody. Yeah, boy.